Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome. 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 Welcome to episode... Then you 76 of Degenerates Clubhouse. We did it. Oh my God, that was so smooth. It took me a while. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to ask me something. I'm, I was like in the middle of toggling between windows and shit and running the goddamn show. And you, yeah, anyway. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm sorry to distract you from your important work by trying to interact with you. I, I apologize. It's, 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 uh, it can be done, but it's a little, it's a tiny little twist of being a, would you, a, like a co host slash production or engineer or whatever you want to call this shit that I'm doing. It's a little, you gotta yeah. have, yeah, you you're, have to have, you're wearing many hats. You gotta have to work. Yeah. See, I have to do operate left brain and right brain. You think about it's, it. It's impressive. Yeah. We're going to give you extra credits on the, yeah. when we roll the credits at the end of the show that you guys can't see because this is an audio format, but just mentally envision like a roll credits, like a movie. And it's just like, like produced by Armando Ramirez, sound engineering, Armando Ramirez, yeah. starring Armando Ramirez. And that's and there's and it's just like a long like two minute scroll of those credits. Yeah. Ramirez, um, written by Aaron Jaffe. <laughs> <laughs> in so much that we have any writing in the show, there is there's occasionally writing, but not this episode. But all, all that being said, uh, let let us let us go back. Let's go to back history to history. And we we've we've covered some. Uh, we've covered a Roman emperor. I mean, there, there's so many Roman emperors that were degenerates. Yeah. Uh, then, <laughs> then it was Hans Christian Andersen, a beloved like fairy tale writer who uh, had a, a penchant for chronic masturbation. And and now let's. This is a little bit darker though, a little bit more screwed up. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Charlie Chaplin. Spoiler alert: the Harvey Weinstein before there can was I, a Harvey Weinstein. Can I can I cut you off real quick? Go for it. So the. The episode that we that one with the Hans Christian Andersen, you know, we named it or I named it. We named it Plus Plus mm-hmm. in reference to like how he rated uh, masturbation. His he, masturbation. He, he journaled his masturbations. <laughs> he had a journal, and then he would write Plus Plus at, and anytime he had a, a masturbation one. episode. So so uh, so you know, I posted the links on Facebook and all this shit, and then some old Lancer that's like a Facebook friend of mine, like asked like like I don't understand the meaning of the title or something like that. And I'm like. I didn't want to respond because there's for sure there's an age gap between uh, like like us and him. I'm like I didn't want to tell this old guy it's about it's a masturbating. I don't want to tell him the story. It's a masturbation reference. It's yeah. kind of weird. No, that's that's a good point because they didn't ha- and have masturbation. You know, back in the old <laughs> days, we only invented it. I think probably mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd be very confused. He's like, wait, you couldn't do that? Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, no, I think Mondo. I think there's always been masturbation. Mm-hmm. And. You know why? You why? Know why I know that because we had just read a fucking article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was journaling about his, his jerk off sessions. Yeah. Moving on, this 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 segment of uh, degenerates history, we are going to be discussing Charlie Chaplin, the great Charlie Chaplin. Well, uh, maybe not so great. We'll find out. Um, one of Hollywood's most readily recognizable stars, English actor Charlie Chaplin, uh, 1889 to 1977, was the silent film era's most famous star and one of the silver screen's all-time greats. In addition to being a pioneer who revolutionized acting and comedy, Chaplin was also a sexual pervert who liked him young. <sighs> so young as to cause scandal, derail his career, and get him de facto deported from the U.S. Yeah, I mean, you have to be... 
really screwed up to have a sexual deviancy that will get you deported from the U.S. I didn't know he had. I didn't know that he had. Uh, he he liked him young. I didn't know that that he was a, kind of a little bit of a perv. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't Pornhub with that category yet, so he he had to just go IRL and. <laughs> so maybe maybe in a way, Pornhub is doing a service. Yeah, it's, it does. If you think about it, it's, it's you know the, those sexual deviants who are like, I still want to be a good person. But I have to meet those inclinations. There's a category for that, but not for old Charlie Chaplin. He was he was just uh, he, he was doing I think a, a more realistic casting couch, perhaps. You you read ahead. You read ahead. What? So we'll check this out. The line is: Chaplin also seems to have been Harvey Weinstein before there was a Harvey Weinstein, and is credited with pioneering the casting couch. Whereby powerful, oh, he pioneered uh-huh. it. He's this was the inventor of it. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Whereby powerful Hollywood figures extracted sexual fla- uh, favors from actresses during auditions. Reportedly, Chaplin used caption cards during auditions to prompt aspiring actresses into increasingly subject- suggestive acts and poses until until they stood before him naked or nearly. Oh so. my! So wait, who is holding these cards? It had to have been him. <laughs> no, it's, I think there's like a random, uh, random like uh, crew member. <laughs> It's just she's like reading her lines. It's like it's like yes, I think the sky is a beautiful blue today. Removes panties. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, how does this relate to this? Shut up. Do you want the part or not? Oh my god, uh, that's fucked up. I do like to imagine that they had someone like have a you ever line seen, card. Yeah, like in SNL, like just just throwing the cards away as she was going. Somehow that makes it even more fucked up, though. Uh, however, as kinks went beyond the run-of-the-mill quid pro quo sexual harassment and into the realm of the unusual, Chaplin had a thing for pies, and not just as comedic props and gags. Oh, my God. This is the inventor of uh, American Pie. No, it's even weirder. Continue. After getting actresses to disrobe during auditions, Chaplin would grope them in exaggerated ways on the couch, then, having worked himself up by getting them to do a striptease on demand, followed by a groping session on the couch, he would stand them naked against the wall and throw pies at them. Which, I mean, God, it's, it's... Definitely fucked up, but somehow it's really on brand for Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of the silent films? I, I like little clips and pit, like it, not an entire one. It was like very like kind of slapstick comedy. Yeah, uh, I mean he was he was a comedic silent film actor, and something about throwing the pies. It's like funny, but God, that had been humiliating. <laughs> but you, get, there, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping there was just one one girl that got sucked into his catching couch and was like. Dude, this is cool. I'm getting pied by Charlie Chaplin. Like, hopefully, one of them thought it was funny. Uh, I I just find it kind of weird. He uh, he also had a penchant for orgies and liked to organize them with his friend and fellow comedic film star Fatty Arbuckle. Those orgies came to a screeching halt, however, in the aftermath of a scam- scandal that rocked the country in 1921. Fatty Arbuckle was accused of raping a woman to death. Oh fuck! And tried for murder. Although acquitted, the cha- the Chaplin Arbuckle orgy parties never resumed. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, like you hear the name and you're like, oh, go good old Fatty Arbuckle, because he was also, I think, a comedic comedic actor. And then you're like, so what? Did, what did Fatty Arbuckle get up to last night? He raped someone to death. He put it in my butt until I died. Jesus Christ! I mean, I don't know how that could happen unless unless he really. I don't know who Fatty Arbuckle was. I imagine he's he's fat. Right, he's got to be. It's not like you a, would think. Right, it's not like an ironic name. Like his no, it, it, he was he was a large man, and so he probably was like boning this chick, and she just got uh, crushed to death or something. I, I mean, know. he could have he could have suffocated. I mean, you, you you do hear about that in 
uh, like times of war where, where it's like multiple guys just, just, Ooh. yeah. I mean that, that is, that is a thing like that's not talked about in, in war that often where like there are some armies that will use rape almost as a weapon, but dude, just one guy that's fucked up. Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe he suffocated her. He had to have, Jesus uh, Christ. This, this just got extra dark. Charlie's greatest scandals, however, arose from his propensity for cradle robbing. He liked much younger women. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, a pervert himself, if, if there ever was one, had long disliked Chaplin's political leanings and used his sex scandals to launch a smear campaign against him. In 1944, he had Chaplin prosecuted for violating, violating the Mann Act, which prohibits a, the transportation of women across state lines for sexual purposes. Oh, fun, fun fact. Uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who somehow is still in Congress, is also <laughs> being investigated for violating the Mann Act. Because, really? Yeah, well, this this came up. There was – he, like, like his, his buddy, like his friend, uh, who's into all sorts of shady dealing and money laundering and all this other shit, would – Hire prostitutes for Matt Gates, and like Matt Gates also apparently has some similar tastes to good old Charlie Chaplin. Like young chicks, young, and they they basically shipped a seventeen year old from Florida to wherever the fuck I, Matt Gates was in. I, I think the Carolinas or someplace like that. Uh-huh. But the whole point was that yeah, they shipped a minor across state lines so Matt Gates could fuck her, and he did. This is all. It's all documented because the friend the friend like literally kept their seats so to speak oh shit uh and yeah when when they were busting him for all this other shady shit he did the guy was like oh by the way <laughs> guess guess what uh you might be interested about old maddie and and yeah so apparently the man act is still a thing and still being violated by people with uh how, how did this article put it Propensity for cradle robbing. Jesus Christ. And the, the dude's still in Congress. In uh, 1952, while Chaplin was in London for a film premiere, the U.S. Department of Justice revoked the British actor's re-entry visa and stated that he would have to submit an interview concerning his politics and morality before re-entering the U.S. Chaplin decided not to bother, cut his ties with the U.S., and settled in Switzerland. Dude, that's what we have to do. What? We need to trick Matt Gates. To leave the country and then just get his visa revoked. Go to, the, but it's because he's a he's a citizen. He should be able to come back. It's more because Chaplin was here on a visa. That's a good point. It's a good point, Armando. <laughs> we just we just need <laughs> we just need to get him out of the country. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my. point. I don't know who Matt Gates is. Oh, yeah, well. that, that's good. That's you know what politics all all the much better. They're, they're he, I, I don't understand the man the man. The man was it called the man, man, act. man, yeah, act. man act. I don't understand. So it's okay to like have sex with a minor as long as they're from the same state. Like I don't understand like the the need for the additional. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole trans, trans transporting someone across states. Like, is it okay if they're from the same state? Like, eh, well, you get a slap on the wrist. I, 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 it's, there's got to be more to the Mann Act than I... Named for Illinois Congressman James Robert Mann, the Mann Act invoked in the Commerce Clause is prohibiting the transportation across state lines of, quote, any woman or girl, any woman or girl, for the purpose of prostitution or debauchery or for any other immoral purpose. I think, does throwing pies at a naked woman fall under immoral purpose? Yeah, of course. Um as you can see from the wording, the law left plenty of room for interpretation. Uh, the racially charged term, quote, white slavery, oh. referred to women being kidnapped and forced into prostitution, oh. overhyped through the wide circulation of pamphlets in 1909, 
uh, about a pervasive and depraved conspiracy to seduce Americans' girls. Hmm. So, I mean, it's basically, it's an act against sexual trafficking. Got it. Don't do it. Don't sexually traffic. Do Just do sex with people in your state. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that was it for Degenerates History. Moving on to the world of the interwebs and the world of Reddit. Does Reddit have questions for us? Reddit has questions for they had a ton of questions for us, some goofy ones. Uh the ones you sent. These are the these are the ones you sent that I, I liked. Uh question number one, how did you get your scar? Do you, do you want me to start? Sure. Uh I've got a new one. I think I've already told the story about jumping through a car window maybe maybe multiple times, but this September, early September, I got an elbow surgery. Mm. Um, and now, so now I have a, a scar, a very thin surgical scar on my left elbow. Elbow. Uh, and it was because the, there's like a nerve, like your nerves are almost kind of like electrical wires in a way. Mm. I and mean, that's the function they have. And so if you can imagine, there's like this electrical nerve that like runs from the shoulder, like down through the elbow to the wrist. And that, that, that cord on me was just like popping out and rubbing over the bone, which isn't good. No, it's going to fray the wire. And uh, I mean, it can heal itself over a long period of time. So they just like pulled it out of where it sits in the bone and just embedded it in the, the like muscle uh, of my forearm, which is weird. Crazy. And this is, this is, this is how I got that scar. That all probably started when I was 18 years old. It was wrestling practice the night before a wrestling match against Springfield High School. And, you know, usually you're not going to have like a real hard practice. Like you're just going to do some technique. You're just going to get like a little bit of a sweat going. It's pretty low key. And for some reason, our coaches decided that this was a great time to go over the spladel. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think if you've ever would have seen that in MMA. Actually, do you remember there, there was one, one card where Aljamain Sterling and then like some other dude both submitted the guy with the same submission where it was, it where I forget what they called it, like the Sulamov stretch or something like that. Do you remember this? No. But basically, I'll try to explain it. It's like the most embarrassing way to get pinned in wrestling. It, it's like you hook one leg over their leg and then you kind of like arch around like behind their back and you grab their other leg with both of your arms and you're basically like stretching their legs like a wishbone apart does okay. that make sense yeah it, you're forcing them to to kind of be in the splits kind of basically like but like they're on their back like like butt in the air with their in the split like forcing them into the splits oh. it, it, it's <laughs> it is the most embarrassing way to get pinned because you're just ass up in the air Leg split and it's extremely painful. And for whatever reason, we're going over this thing. And I was like, oh, I actually think I figured out a way to uh, get out of this. Like, I thought, like, I've invented the way to defeat the splatel. So I was like, okay, Tom, like, put, put me in a splatel. I think I figured out a way to get it out of it. But that's what we're doing. And this motherfucker, <laughs> like, was, I think the way his mind works, he was a very, very smart guy. Like, he ended up, I think he teaches theoretical phys- physics at Princeton University now. But, like, the way his mind works is, like, well, the best way to get out of a splatel is not to get put into it. So, to defeat his thing, I'm going to go, like, full blast. So, we go from, like, just fucking around to, like, him, like, ripping my leg back as hard as he can. And both of our body weights, like, go over my one arm. And it hyperextends my elbow. Because so, it was, like, it was like th- you know, 320 pounds of force just forcing my elbow out of the socket, uh, which was not ideal. Not at all. Um, really fucked my elbow up. My elbow hurt, but the problem is I couldn't really use my hand. 
Like it was like, you know, like someone had kind of like partially unplugged the electrical cord where I'm like, uh, it's not, it's not really working. This is a problem. And yeah, that was, that was like my one, well, not one, like two, two of the big kind of like varsity blues type of moments where it's like, I don't want your life. Like, you know, cause they, they wanted me to wrestle my the assistant coach, the next, uh, Who the, are you, were you Billy Bob or were you, no, uh, I was, I was, what was his name? James Vanderbeek. Yeah. The assistant coach was, was, uh. What was it? What was the dad's name? Was it Tim McGraw? I don't remember. No, it was like he was like telling me he's like you need to. You know, it was literally like there was there was a hallway that went from our wrestling room. Our wrestling room was like on the second floor, like kind of balcony thing, and there was a hallway that would go down to our gym, and that's where we were having the wrestling match. And like I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm not wrestling if it, if it doesn't matter for the match. He's like, you gotta wrestle. You gotta I'm like, dude. F-. I probably did curse. I'm like, fuck off. Like I'm not I'm not wrestling. He's like. And he keeps keeps trying to to get me to wrestle. I'm like I'm like, dude, I want to I want to be able to like, hold, you know, hold this, this is this is I actually remember saying this. This is like 18 year old me. Like I want to be able to hold my kids when I'm 40, which is crazy because this, this, <laughs> this is when I, I had the surgery when I was 39. And and he's like he's like you know forget about like when you're 40 like you got a match right now. Jeez. And, I, and that got me so fucking mad like. He he wasn't that big of a guy. He was probably like 150 pounds. I just remember like grabbing him under the armpit with my good arm and just like shoving him like up against the wall. And he had this look on his face of like, oh, maybe I fucked up right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna kill me. But then he was he was kind of like laughing nervous. He's like, oh, all right, like at least you're like pumped up now. I'm like, dude, I'm. Have you not been listening, you motherfucker? And, uh, like, I just put him down. I'm like, all right, whatever. And I just told him I'm not wrestling unless it matters. And the weirdest part is it got it got to – I was wrestling heavyweight. So I was the last to go. I was always the last to wrestle. And it gets to the point where if I pin the kid, we'd win. Uh-huh. Like, we were down six points. You get seven points for a pin. But I had to pin the kid. They start – he starts, like, having, like, the, the JV heavyweight warm up. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm like, did you not listen to anything I said? Like, <laughs> apparently you can't do math either because if I pin, we're going to win. So I'm like, I'm going to wrestle. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, I just wasn't going to wrestle if it didn't matter. And I, I went out there and I learned that it's extremely hard to pin an athletic 250-pound kid if their coach is giving them the express explicit directions. You do anything you can to not get pinned. Lose right. the match. Like, he wasn't even like... I'm trying to explain. He would almost like just dive onto his stomach and just like turtle up almost right before I could even do anything. And I only had one arm. Yeah. So I, I we actually ended up, ended up going into overtime because I was just trying like the craziest shit I could to, to figure out how to flip this fucking kid over with one arm. And uh, I remember it went, it went into overtime and like he did that, like he just dove flat on the mat. And if you, if you score in overtime, you 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 win the match, but we would we were gonna lose because we wouldn't have got the pin. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, fuck. I remember that. I was I had this like moment of existential crisis. I'm like, I think if I try to pin him, I'm gonna lose. But I could just take the win. But then our team loses. And then yeah, I just took the win because I'm like, I don't I don't see a way through this. Like I've tried for three periods to pin this fucker. And then the, my team was mad at me. I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Fuck all of you. And that's how I got this scar, Mondo. Still, you know what? I'm still mad about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna write angry worded letters to all of them. I'm gonna track all those kids down and be like, "Hey, to your teammates, you fuckers," and they're gonna be like, "Who? What? <laughs> uh, Why would you write an angry letter to them and not to that coach?" Well, because they were they were mad at me. I was like, "Dude, I did this for you guys. Huh? 
did this for you guys. The coach actually defended me afterwards. He was like, dude, he went out there and blah, blah. I was like, all right. That's the, that is literally the least you could have done, Coach Jim. Um, all right. Uh, I don't know if I told this story before. I don't hey, know. Hey, Mondo. What? I don't want your life. Yeah. I don't know if I told this story already to you or I, – because I know I've told the story. Anyway – when I was a kid, and stop me if if the if the story sounds familiar. Okay. Stop me, like say, hey, you told this one already. My uh, my grandparents uh, would babysit me like mm-hmm. in the mornings and in the afternoons after school while my you know folks were working or whatever. Hold up, the story does not sound familiar. I okay. don't remember you ever mentioning your grandparents, uh, uncles and nieces, nephews, never grandparents. I'm I'm enthralled. Continue. So. I'm at my grandmother's place, and she's got one of these old school like your, your abuela. Yeah, I learned that word. Continue. She's got one of these old school like um, they're not really they're instead of there being dryers back then there was there were things that would wring the water out of like like washing like when you wash clothes. Mm-hmm. So these things had just two giant pins that would like do this rolly thing, and you put your your clothes in that garment, and it. Oh, would I just, do remember this now. Oh, so I did tell the story, right? I think you did. I just didn't know it was your grandparents. <laughs> Fuck. See, God, I got so excited. I for told me. you. I have another scar story. That one that one was the one that gave me like well this thing here. But the, the another one, um You can still tell that story. I mean, okay. I, everyone might I remember it, sorry. So so yeah, she's got these uh this this thing that basically wrings the water out of like wet clothes and two giant pins and she's like showing me like whatever you do, don't put your hand in here and she would do this thing like like she would flash her hand in and out. Don't do this because your hand will get sucked in and it'll so I was like, Okay, yeah, whatever. She leaves and like, what does a fucking dumb kid do? I put my fucking hand in the thing and it, it literally like sucked my entire arm in it. And I, I couldn't pull my arm out. It was pulling my arm all the way up to like um, be past my elbow. And uh, obviously I'm in fucking pain. I'm screaming. My grandmother comes running. She's not the fuck to do. She unplugs the whatever. Oh, or, it was it was electric? I don't know if it was electric. I made it made, made that part up, that little detail up. But whatever. She stopped the machine somehow. The machine stopped. My arm's still caught in it. She runs next door because she knows that the neighbor's kind of mechanically inclined. And the neighbor brings out all his tools in a panic because my arm's like turning purple by that point. You can imagine every like second is, is crucial. And... Uh, so he gets the tools out and basically pries my arm out of this thing, and I pull my arm out, and like the like my blo- the blood from my arm was gone, like like literally, like you can imagine like putting like a string around your finger to cut off the circulation, how it turns purple, like mm-hmm. like that was my entire so, so arm. Was it your left arm? Yeah, my left arm, and uh, so my left arm's like completely like dead. There's no blood in the motherfucker. And, uh, you know, I don't remember if they rushed me in an ambulance or just drove me to the hospital. Luckily, we were like, we were literally like two blocks away or maybe, maybe three blocks away from the hospital. Like there was a big hospital there. So we weren't too far, got there. And honestly, I don't remember all the little details about the doctor visit and all that. All I know is they gave me some kind of weird medication thing that somehow I imagine got the blood to circulate or whatever, like go again. And for some reason it left like a strange scar right here, like the inside of my, like right by my elbow. I don't know how, I don't understand how that led to a scar? I really don't. I I can show you the scar. You'd be like, how the fuck did that do that? But anyway, mm-hmm. so you got this weird little blotchy bad skin thing on the inside of my arm that um. Well, and and, so, and the machine wasn't on that part of your elbow. No, the machine was like my entire like it I, went beyond the elbow. If I, I, remember. I wonder if like that like the blood got got stuck so much that it was actually like stretching the skin. Could be. I don't know. I have no idea. 
But it, yeah, so I left this. I remember though, because they were giving me whatever this treatment or medicine or whatever they were giving me, like the scar thing was like much bigger and it kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller as like the, the stuff was working, you know, or. Did- you know, I feel like there's always scenes in movies where like someone's getting like sucked inside something or like those <laughs> horror movies. Do you get special anxiety because of that experience? No, no. I, I was I was so I couldn't even tell you how old I was. I, I really don't remember if I was like four or five or if I was like ten. I I don't remember how long ago it was. I'm, I'm sure my mom knows. My, I'm sure my like my uh, actually let's see if my mom's <laughs> let's see if my mom's oh she's uh, she is in the chat but she's probably not listening yet. Anyway. Yeah, so I don't really know how old I was. I just I got a scar. It was dumb, dumb kid thing. Like, but you you shouldn't tell a kid not to do something and then walk away from them, <laughs> like leaving the kids are curious. Okay, and how, dumb. how how would you parent slash grandparent that situation? I, I would fucking take that. I would not let them be in that room alone. Like I would be like, hey, you're not. Oh uh, yeah, so you never. Where, where was this? At? For some reason, I was picturing this thing being outside. Where where it, was it? It was. Uh, I think it may have been like in a, in a kind of semi-enclosed like backyard part of my grandparents like house that they were renting back then hmm. okay. so it was, it was like it wasn't necessarily out outdoors but it was like you know partially outdoors kind of thing but yeah i got a dumb scar and dumb you know i i think i think the other takeaway is there like, there's this thing called like a wonder bar or it's just like this little like pry bar that's extremely useful for all sorts of things everyone you should go get one of those just in case you're, I mean, that if you had one of those, I bet your grandmother could have just popped that thing open. She wouldn't have had to greet your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, uh, but see, even then, what do you do? You see a fucking kid's arm entirely purple. It's got no circulation, no blood. You're like, what the fuck? So, you know, I'm sure it was just more assurance for her to have another person there, you know? Um, Fair enough. That was it. For, well, let's go Let's go see what Reddit's answers for that question were. Let's see. Got a question. User slight faint writes, "I fell in the shower while dancing. Now I have a titanium plate." Oh shit! <laughs> what they were? Because oh. I've, I've, I've heard singing in the shower, but what psychopath dances in the shower? That happened to my brother when he was a little kid. He was in the shower like a baby, right? And we had a babysitter, and I don't remember if like she slipped from his hands or or or, or she was. I don't remember exactly how it happened. My brother slipped. And, like, busted his forehead open pretty bad when he was, like, a baby. And I think he still has a scar right here on, like, the middle of his forehead from that. But uh, that was pretty fucked up. Wait. Do you, you want to hear it? I don't know why when you were talking about him dancing. This, that just triggered one of my earliest memories ever. It's not related to a scar. Were you dancing? No. I was in the bathtub. I was I was maybe two, two, three at the oldest. And I was in a bathtub. And I know I had, like, toys in the bath. And I had, like, a little. Did like, you have Pinchy with you? No, I didn't get pinched until I was four or five. Oh, okay. So this was this was two or three years prior. Ooh. Uh, and I just remember it was like a really warm bath, and I had toys in there, and I had like a little like plastic sailboat, and I must have gotten super relaxed because <laughs> because I don't know I don't know how I even did this. I just remember like turning around and some, and I didn't even realize I did it, but somehow I pooped, and there was just like poop sitting on the sailboat. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. That's why I remembered. I nice. So, I was so shocked. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mister. Like, the origin story of Mr. Hanky. There's poop on the sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was it was traumatic. Probably not as traumatic as your, your laundry story. Uh, user QWERTY, the cool one, writes, My sister blindfolded me and led me into a desk corner. That's fucked up. Jeez. Holy shit. That's fucked up. Ugh. I wonder. She, hopefully she didn't do it on purpose. She blindfolded him and led him to the corner. 
Well, no, no, not, not until. So, so it sounds like she was maybe trying to lead him around okay. the, the, the desk, and he just ran right into the corner. All right. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to hope that humanity is not as terrible as we know it is. Last answer I'll read for this one. Uh, user Jed Smokes Crack writes, I hit oh, my... No. <laughs> <laughs> he writes... It's just like you already assume he's going to do some stupid shit with a name like that. Uh, he says, I hit my leg with a chainsaw. So there you go. Jed Smokes Crack. And then he... Yeah, was one led to the other, I assume. Right at question number two. What are some red flags that you're in a bad neighborhood? Aron? Graffiti is one. Graffiti, okay. That's a big one. I mean, so I remember like when I was living in Hamburg, Germany. Okay. I mean, the the most of the neighborhoods are are, are very nice in, in Hamburg. And you know, I would just ride around. I that was before like uh handheld GPS and phones or anything, so I just had this big map. Uh, I've, a I've paper got, map, yeah, for, you, got it, uh, for yeah. you kids. Yeah, I've got it framed. A big, a big paper map where I'd have to like open it up and like look around and try to figure out where I was. And yeah, I, I would just ride this this bicycle all around Hamburg. And I remember, you know, they're, they're, the architecture in Germany is like very nice. Like you can tell it's it's especially for those older parts of the city. There's all these like details and like like metalwork on the outside. It looks so cool. And and then all of a sudden, I ride into this neighborhood, and like the buildings are just, you know, there's no special adornments. They they were like all like white or like like an off white, like they looked like they were more newly constructed. And the f- deeper I got into there, there's just graffiti like everywhere, just on the outsides of the building, and uh, and they look they looked like they were row homes. And I was just like, oh no, I need to get the fuck out of here right What's now. What's a row home? Uh, it's it's. <sighs> It's kind of like a townhouse, but it's just townhouse after townhouse where they're all connected. Oh. So you'll have a, a block of houses where all the houses are connected, but you still have like you go into the house and you know you have the first, the second, sometimes oh, third story. Okay, okay, okay. I know but, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's just what they're called. It's a, it's a row home. Yeah, I didn't know what the. It's not that you don't find row homes. I don't think much in the West Coast. That's more of an East Coast thing, I think. And Germany, and you're apparently. In Europe, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, in in uh, Philadelphia, they call them row homes. In New York, they they will call them brownstones because a, historically, a lot of them were made of this uh, this brown stone, so they would actually <laughs> all look brown. And then they just would call ones that weren't made of the brownstone brownstones, just because that's what the rest of them were. Very good. See, we, we we are educating you, or Aaron's educating us, degenerates. We are le- learning something. <laughs> that that that's the that's one shirt where anytime I start to see graffiti everywhere, I'm like, oh fuck, that's not good. Or KFC, that's the other. It's K- the harbinger <laughs> harbinger of doom. Is KFC KFC or or Popeyes or I mean any any of the the how I know you're going. I I I told you I told you the worst place I ever lived. I, I had like the ghetto trifecta. We lived. It was a house that had been converted to two stories, and we lived above a drug dealer, next to a halfway house, across the street from a KFC. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, let's see. Just going back a little bit, looks like my mom caught up <laughs> with us in the chat. She's saying I was four years old when that roller thing happened to me, and uh, my brother was two when he got his scar in his forehead from the shower incident. Thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. Uh, my red flags that you're in a bad neighborhood... And I don't, re- you don't realize this until you move out of a bad neighborhood is the constant sound of either police sirens, ambulances, mm. and, or we called, we called it the ghetto bird, like helicopter, like no joke. 
two, three times a week. You would hear the helicopter. You would see the like the you know they have them uh, the spotlights that they mm-hmm. shine all over the. So you'd see the spotlight. You'd see the helicopter. You'd hear it every now and again. You'd actually get to a chance to hear like someone on one of them speakerphone things, like megaphone things, like saying you couldn't hear what they were saying. But yeah, the signs of the of all that kind of. See, to me, <laughs> this tells you how bad – my neighborhood wasn't the worst, but it was so bad because all that to me became white noise. Like ambulances, mm-hmm. sirens, everything, all this stuff going off was like, uh, just I just live in that neighborhood. So when I moved to other parts of the country like you know Bakersfield, it got like really quiet. I was like, like I don't hear – I mean, granted, there was crime in Bakersfield, like a lots of it. There's a fucking bunch of like jails and shit out so like, people mm-hmm. get dumped down to Bakersfield. Um, but like here – the only time I'll ever hear an ambulance, and it's very, very rare, is like because I live next door to that retirement little home mm-hmm. community thing. So if like I hear or see an ambulance, like it's it's because someone oh. over there is cro- <laughs> yeah, someone over there is croak. It's not because some crime has been committed. It's because someone's being rushed to the hospital. So, and again, to me, all that stuff just became white noise. Mrs. Johnson got a little too excited yeah. at bingo night. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. So that's my sign. I lived in a bad neighborhood. Uh, user Superfly writes, I found out I lived in a bad neighborhood once when I was told pizza places didn't deliver to our house. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. That is next level. Um, user Looking for Bobo writes, the counter at every business has bulletproof glass. Yeah. 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 Like the liquor store. Or, or like, or you know what? You know, here's, here's another surefire one. Even even more so than... than uh, like KFCs and Popeyes, it's when there's a bunch of check cashing places. Those like advanced paid it. <laughs> yeah, those things are the fucking devil. They are They're, the devil, but they take advantage. They take advantage of the you know not so yeah poor people who are living paycheck to paycheck, and then they're charging you an, a, a fee for cashing your check, mm. and you know they need their money now because it's, they've got to settle their fucking sp- poor people tax. It is messed up. Yeah. Those are the worst. User, did this guy leave two answers? He did leave two answers. What a what a fucking selfish fucking redditor. He left another answer. Looking for Bobo also writes armed security guard at the strip mall footlocker. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Just having armed security guards at all, like even like watching your like the parking lot wait, or wait, wait, Mondo. Let's let's just end on that one. Armed security at the footlocker and go to Florida Man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Be- we because will. perfect transition. We 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 have uh a story where maybe <laughs> several armed security guards at the shoe store would have been necessary, right? Because Florida man, they did, they went they went full Mission Impossible, Ocean's Eleven style to try to steal some shoes. What, what tell us about this story, this, Armando? This week in Florida, man, a thief caught on camera burglarizing Miami shoe store leaves with twenty left sneakers <laughs> not, not even full because you know so so i'm and it had to be from the displays right yeah, yeah i'm not i have we haven't i haven't read the, the article i think aaron may have perused it a little bit but yeah he basically just stole all the shoes off of the wall of a display and they don't put full pairs of shoes on the display it's just the one that they want you to see for aesthetics and then like oh give me that one in size 10 they bring out the whole pair the one flaw in their otherwise perfect plan idiot uh Police are searching for a crook targeted a shoe store in Miami. When the crook couldn't get into Lux Miami from the front of the store, he decided to get inside by cutting a hole in the roof. Oh, <laughs> shit. At around 2.30 a.m. Tuesday, surveillance video from inside the sneaker store along the 2300 block of Southwest 22nd Street showed the crook climbing the wall where the shoes were on display. When he comes down, he kind of falls off, 
comes to the ground. He just goes up quick and starts grabbing every shoe here, said store owner jo Johan Alvarez. It's a big hit, definitely. The store owner said they suffered a $15,000 to $20,000 loss, and they don't have insurance. Wait, hold on. Hold on. So he stole 20 left shoes, and he's saying... So each one of those left shoes was a thousand dollars. It may have been like one of those high end, you know, because there's there's sneakerheads. You hear the term sneakerhead, like yeah. people that collect like super expensive, like the Yeezys that cost, I don't know, ten thousand dollars. I don't know. I'm making that up, but like there's like expensive shoes out That's there. That's true. So maybe it's one of these like designer expensive. I, I think I've seen one of those videos on YouTube where it's like going sneaker shopping with you know, some random celebrity and, and they're like, well, I guess that kind of fucks it up, right? Because it's not like they can sell the right shoe. <laughs> It's it's like he fu functionally like it's like they might as well have just stolen the whole pair, right? Uh, God, a thousand dollar shoes. Police said Lux Miami was not the only store targeted. These crooks they actually made three holes on the top of the roof. Two of them not being in this business, so it's more more of the damage that they caused than what they actually stole. Okay, so, so they made they made three holes. So did one of the crooks have to go through the two hole? <laughs> <laughs> that's one hole that's two holes three hole you go to the two hole holy crap uh, I'm sorry uh, Lux Miami uh, let's see uh, Lux Miami opened in December Alvarez just 20, set, 20 years old said he built the business himself and is hoping that the thief realized he only has 20 left shoes and brings them back <laughs> just come forward drop off the shoes leave them here I don't need to turn them over to the cops I just don't care about that I pray that God that I pray that God puts some sense into them just to do the right thing at least. He's going to go back for the right shoes. <laughs> They're going to have to make a second heist. Uh, although in the surveillance footage, uh, one thief is shown. Police said that that may have been working with a friend. And then they go on and leave the phone number of the Miami-Dade crime stoppers. It's just amazing that they, they went so far as they cut holes in the roof and yeah. they, couldn't figure out, like, they couldn't figure out to actually go to the back of the store. I, I don't I don't under like it's just it's just logic, like what? Why would you steal? Okay, I understand the need for wanting to like the theft of wanting to steal something that was expensive, great. But like you have to know when you're doing this thing that like, oh shit, these all are left shoes. What are you gonna do with half a pair of shoes? Nobody's gonna buy. They're they're they're, they're they lose their value if you don't have a full pair of shoes. I, I gotta imagine that they set off some sort of alarm and they were just panicking and they're just like, oh, I just grab whatever, yeah, and they just ran out. But how would how it, if it really is that high end of a shoe store where it's a thousand dollar pair of shoes? Did they really think there wouldn't be any sort of like monitoring system or? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Next time when they break into to Foot Locker. They're going to be more experienced. They're going to be like going in through the air vents. They'll be, they'll be able to Catherine Zeta Jones their way around the the laser system. Hey, yeah, uh, I bet you that thief can't dance because he got two left feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was dumb. I, no, it was. I saw where you're going. I'm like, oh, I gotta let him get there. Uh, I wanted to see if you could bust the joke. It was a dumb joke, and he is. Uh, so that was it for Florida Man. We are now going to wrap up the episode. By discussing some stuff that's on the news, but you know, I'm not a very political person. I, Aaron's a bit more. I, I mean, this isn't really politics exactly. It it's, is. It's, it's more like World War. This, I mean, there's just like people getting murdered and and killed. The whole Russia-Ukraine incident. Like, I don't know much about it. I know Ukraine. I, I know Ukraine's being invaded by Russia. Putin's being a big bad boy and like threatening like nuclear attack and and uh, you know. Ukraine, so, Ukrainians are fleeing the country. 
the civilians are a lot of them. Um, okay, let me let me let me go back a little bit. Let me give you some some context, and and we can we can, we can cover the parts of this that are a little bit political first. Okay, just to give you the 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 context where. So first of all, the 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 current president of Ukraine is named Vladimir Zelensky, and he he does not have a background in politics. He has a background as a comedic actor. Like he had, he his production company like made kind of like an, an SNL type of show, but in in Ukraine. And then this is the craziest part: they they made a sitcom called Servant of the People, where I think it was a school teacher has a, a video go viral in Ukraine, and then somehow ends up as the president of Ukraine. This is their sitcom. Okay. So right. like I watched one scene from it where. Like it was supposed to be like An- Angela Merkel was calling him to tell him like oh you got into the 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 European it's like the 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 German Chancellor calls and is like oh you've accepted Ukraine into the European Union and he's so excited he's like oh what the Ukrainian people well she doesn't say Ukraine she says we've accepted you into the European Union and he's so excited oh the U- Ukrainian people are so happy and she's like oh wait is this Ukraine I'm sorry <laughs> 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 which is the most insane part of this where he was playing some guy who just like randomly became president of Ukraine and then he must have had the idea you know what like I'm gonna run for president of Ukraine and he just he he was really good at like viral marketing and videos and he he used Instagram a ton to communicate to everyone and he he like won in a landslide this is this is in real life in not real in, life not in the show he, he no in real life like he kind of he 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 parlayed his fake presidency into a real presidency. And there was a lot of like breaking of the fourth wall where like he would record videos as the character from the show, speaking to people in real life for his campaign in real life. It it, it was, (laughs) it was just really, really wild. The first time he got in the news in the United States was because it was during uh, the 2020 uh, lectures before the 2020 election. It it was during uh, like kind of like, the middle of Trump's presidency, and that was the fir- the first time that Trump got impeached was because he he had Trump had had basically told not basically he told Vladimir Zelensky like we're not going to send you any more military aid like there was like four hundred million dollars of military aid that was supposed to go to Ukraine unless like you give me dirt on Joe Biden, ah. um because and and Joe Joe Biden's Joe Biden's youngest son. Uh, is kind of like a little bit of a fuck up, yeah. just like trades off his dad's name, whatever. And he he had he had had some business dealings in Ukraine where he got on the board of something, and it really sounded like using his dad's name to get a fat paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trump Trump was was basically I don't know if you want to call it bribing or blackmailing or whatever. But it was like we're not going to give you give you aid, and that was that was a a big deal because Ukraine already had a lot of tension with Russia. Uh, there, there's a part of you might have remembered this from the news. There's this annexation of Crimea, which basically there was a small part of Ukraine that was very Russian leaning anyway, mm-hmm. and Russia just sort of like slid in there. And this was back in Obama's uh, presidency, it like kind of slid in there and just took it over. And there wasn't really any fighting. I mean, th- that part of Ukraine was a little bit more pro-Russia, and. Yeah, they just went in and occupied it and scooped it up, and they're like, mm, "This is ours now," yeah. and they kind of got away with it. I am the captain now, essentially. So Ukraine was like already, you know, on notice. Like Russia just scooped up one of their uh, one of the parts of the country. It would be it would be like it would be like if uh, if Canada was just like mm, Maine's ours now. Yeah, like and we're like, wait, what? 
We'd the be fuck like Canada. We'd, we'd be like, how about how about just take Michigan? You can have that one. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I feel like they would probably fix Flint and and uh, <laughs> Michigan might be like, yes, please, can we please yeah. have healthcare and clean water? Yes, this sounds great. But yeah, Ukraine wasn't so thrilled. So that's why when the military was aid was withheld, it was, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. And and that was the first impeachment of Trump. But it was, yeah, that was a little bit more confusing. And uh, fast fast forward to present day, like Germany or not Germany, Russia has had this whole playbook. Like you can, it's a book, a literal book. You can buy it and read it about how they're supposed to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like. You know, they're supposed to start with taking over Ukraine because, according to the book, Ukraine, um, it doesn't have, like, as many major exports, so it's not as important to the rest of the world. Uh, they don't have this, like, distinct culture. This is what the book says. And, like, it would just be easy to absorb. And then they're supposed to move on to Finland. There's even a part about the U.S. how, how it says, like, oh, that Russia should foment like dissension in the United States and like specifically there's a part where they're like we should use like the uh, Afro-American racist in the US mm-hmm. to turn them against you know the the rest of the political system it's crazy like how how much they're following that playbook yeah the the tricky part though for for Putin is he I mean he's thinking oh this is going to be just the same as Crimea we're just going to we're just going to kind of like roll the Russian military in they're just going to roll over and give us the country and like yeah maybe We'll get some economic sanctions where we don't make as much money for a little bit, but we're going to have a whole fucking country. It's worth it. Because he really just got kind of like a global slap on the wrist when he, when he took over Crimea. So there's a couple of weird, weird parts of that. For one, they didn't call it a war and invasion. They called it like a special military operation, the Russians did. Mm-hmm. So they have all these conscripts. You know, it's 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 basically kids who just have to be in the Russian army. Like they got basically got drafted into it. And they're only supposed to fight in Russia to defend Russia, but they just get rolled in to Ukraine to like take over the country. And what Putin was not really expecting, I think is that the Ukrainians are just fucking gangsters. Yeah. Like they, 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 for one, Zelensky was like, fuck you. Like I'm staying here. Like he, he's been in their capital city the whole time. Like he refused to leave. And then just, I mean, I kind of had a sense because as as this was all mounting, you know, as the Russians were moving their troops to the borders, you you would see like these videos of uh, there was one that like it was like a Ukrainian grandmother, and she's like she had some sort of like high powered rifle, oh, and she was like basically saying like yeah if Russia comes into Ukraine like fucking be ready, and I was like god damn it, I mean that they were they so many Ukrainians had that mindset, yeah. and then that's how it played out. I mean like one of one of the most just just badass moments was there was this like small island off the coast that I there had some sort of tactical thing and there was a Russian warship that had that had come in to take it over and the Russian warship goes over commu- you know communications like such and such island this is a Russian warship like prepare you know surrender or prepare to be fired on and then they transmit back they're like Russian warship. Go fuck yourself. Nice. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just been moment after moment like that where, I mean, they're just refusing to give any ground. Yeah. I, I've also seen a few, though, that there is like, within Russia itself, there are people that are like, hey, this is bad. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck are we doing? And there's been, um, I know there was this thing on the news where like one of the reporters like interrupted some news broadcast live and was like, hey, this this. Because it was like a rush, it was Russian, uh, uh, 
Russian uh, propaganda. It was like Russian, uh, what was it called? State-run news, like yeah, Russian state-run state news. Media. And they were running the story that they wanted to spin for the people to like watch. And then this one lady was like, hey, don't fucking listen to them. They're lying to us, blah, 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 blah. So there is, I'm sure there's a, a, a good majority of Russian people, like national people that are like, this is not, this isn't good. For sure. Well, so, so it's it's really tricky there because, I mean, we get hit obviously with like a lot of propaganda from a lot of different directions uh-huh. where their propaganda is a lot more consistent. So, so what Vladimir Putin is telling the Russian people is that they need to go there. There are like Nazi extremists, like they're going in to save the people of Ukraine. Like that message is what's being delivered to a lot of people. And Kind of the same people that buy into the shit here, like the yeah, yeah. like a lot of elderly folks and parents. I mean, they think they like, get incensed and they start carrying torches and shit. Well, like, well, no, they're like, yeah, like we're doing this great thing. We're fighting Nazis in Ukraine, which is I want to I was going to say hilarious, but the, Vladimir Zelensky, the the president of Ukraine, is Jewish. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like such a weird message but a lot there's there are a lot of people in Russia that are like, oh yes, this is this is good and just and we're doing the right thing, but. But to your point, Armando, there have been huge protests, and they have to—they have to be really like low key about how they organize them because they don't have—they don't have the right to protest like we do in the U.S. Yeah. Like, but there have been these huge demonstrations of thousands of people uh, in Moscow and St. Petersburg, and they're just getting thrown in jail. Yeah, they're getting thrown in jail, or they go missing in some cases. Apparently, you know, like high-profile people are like, you know, they—they they put the risk of like sticking their neck out. And and showing uh, you know discontent with the what Putin's doing, and then next thing you know, they're they're just they're they're gone. They're like they're like it's basically like Hillary and the people you know that she's uh, managed. To that, and that's what I've been saying. I'm like, we need to send Hillary into Moscow so she can just go crawl through the air vents and take out Putin. That was my solution. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I guess she's you know I guess she's not doing it. She only she only wants to to, to murder assassinate certain people. But I I my. And I don't know that you're gonna have the answer. I don't know that maybe what what does Putin get out of this? Like, what is he what is he trying? Is he want? Does he is this is the end game like Russia dominating the world? Yes. Like, is global domination he, like that's post World War Two? Like, the, it used to be the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of these these countries that were all under this one banner. The and, USSR, remember that? Yeah, and but it got broke up, right? Yeah. Now it's just Russia and Belarus and all, and like. Like he still has a, a little little bee in his bonnet uh, over that, right? He wants it to be. I really think he wants it to be the Soviet Empire. I think he wants to go past the Soviet Union and like be the, like the dominant force in the world. And I think the way he looks at it though is like we had this great like powerful empire, and and these fucking Westerners. He really they really does not like the West. And and to him, it's not just the United States. It's like. You know, England, France. Yeah, they, yeah, they consider parts of Europe the West. Also. Yeah, the Western Europe, right? Yeah. So he's he he thinks that they should be ruling basically all of Eastern Europe. The, the I think part of the problem is he's got two ticking clocks that he has to contend with. Ticking clock number one is the obvious. He's getting older, right? Mm. Like, you know, and, and just to your point about people disappearing, uh, you know, he's he, it's like oh, but. The Russian people love Vladimir Putin. He won the election with 110% of the vote. Like, <laughs> well, and there's this, like, there was like one of his his most staunch political opponents did just sort of like disappear and then had like acid thrown in his face. Like the guy made it like somehow lived, but he's like hor- horribly scarred. Yeah. So he's that's he's been gripping onto power and refusing to let it go. But you know, 
pretty pretty soon dude's gonna be dead yeah. so if he if he wants to enact this like you know 150 point plan of taking over the world in that book i mentioned yeah he he only has so much time left and this is the other thing that i actually think is sort of key i mean russia makes a lot of money on oil exports like mm-hmm. That's one of the problems that sort of arose and hopefully will be a silver lining from this whole conflict. They, they, Russia sends out so, so much oil and countries like Germany in particular, like depend on it. Like they need Russian oil just to, you know, you know, keep the lights on basically. Yeah. And I'm hoping that that really accelerates their move to clean energy because that's the other problem that Putin has. It's like once, if we really do go to solar and wind and all that stuff. He's fucked. He's got no, they they got no, uh. Yeah, I mean, they, exactly. They still, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the vodka industry is going to carry <laughs> Russia completely. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like in Borat, like the number one exporter of potassium. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and look, they've got they've got other exports. It's not like like you know, ninety percent of their economy is just oil. Mm-hmm. But that's a big enough chunk where it's going to really cripple them. The, the biggest point of contention right now is. Um, the ground assault was not going well for the Russians. Uh, to, to your point, there were reports of like just regular Russian soldiers sabotaging their own caravans. Uh-huh. So there's this huge, huge uh, convoy of like tanks and everything that was just kept inching towards Kiev, which is the capital city of Ukraine. And it got to where it was like 40 miles away and it just stopped. Because apparently, like, they couldn't get food transports in. Like, their tanks kept getting sabotaged. Like, and... And these ground assaults where they thought they literally thought they could just roll into the cities and everyone would just all the Ukrainians would just wave the white flag. Mm-hmm. So Russia has started just going in with their aircraft and just bombing the shit out of everything. Just like civilian buildings. Like the, the one that people are really upset with was the Russians just bombed. It was like an art school that 400 Ukrainians were sheltering in because the rest of that city was basically destroyed. Uh-huh. And they so I, I mean... I don't know how many people they killed in that one attack, but it was just not soldiers, nothing. I mean, it, it, it's, I believe that's technically a war crime. Like, yeah. I don't think you're supposed to bomb civilian buildings. What they're asking for is like, we they want a no-fly zone, meaning an, an area that NATO would enforce and say, yeah, Russian planes, you can't come in here to, and basically cutting off access to Ukraine. And then the one problem is that if Russia did, which they probably would just, be like fuck you, NATO. What are you going to do about it? That it's either you just let them do it, or you have World War Three, just like legit, full blown. Yeah, crazy, 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 crazy. We we uh, I think I'm forget what episode it was. We talked about like what would happen in 2022 that would be like you would be like it wouldn't be surprised. We talked about alien invasion, blah blah blah. World War Three. It's like like it. I I think I think to young kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we didn't go through a period of war. We did that kind of the Iraq War kind well, of sort of the whole time we've been alive. Yeah. Practically, there's been a war, but it's not been. Uh, it's has, one. It hasn't been white people. <laughs> yeah, is, but, but is that fucked? Do you think how much of that do you think plays a part of what? Where where it's like it's I'm like I think there's people in the U.S. who are like. You know, look, war happens. We can't get involved. You know, we the, we can't be the global policeman. Wait, wait, what? It's white people. Hold yeah. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's look, it's fucked up to say, but I maybe the Russians were onto something. Well, you you just gotta know that, understand that when wars happen, it's usually like it's usually like politics. That it's not like the the people. The people don't like. We don't hate Russians. Russians probably don't give two fucks about. Like, it's usually just the people up top. That are doing these dumb, silly things, and, and it's pulling for p- a power and 
and money and and greed and 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 who suffers is like the poor people the normal common everyday you know right now because it's not affecting us directly most americans are kind of like watching it like we're watching the the stuff roll out when you know protesting and all that stuff but until it really hits home where you know they do a draft and then we have to start sending kids to 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 war then we're gonna be like oh fuck this shit's crazy you know what i mean we we haven't gotten there that there yet i mean so what what do you think we should do about it you know the answers are i'd say the answers are like nothing but we've already gone way past that i mean there's the, there's economic sanctions. Just try to hit their their pocketbooks, or we could get like directly involved. It, it's 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 there's no right answer because what ends up happening is we end up have going we end up going into things like this with a, a secondary or th- or tertiary agenda, like a, another agenda that is. I mean, look what happened to Iraq. All that Iraq and Taliban, all that shit. Like we 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 gave the Taliban power. You know what I mean, and so there's always like some other hidden agenda that we in the U.S. typically have had. It's not like we're never we've well, look, money. We're not saints. Always. We're, our country, our politicians are not saints. These uh, people up top end up the power drives them crazy, and then they they start doing some corrupt, stupid shit. And so us, like the right thing, the right thing, the benevolent thing to do would to, would be to get involved and say, "Hey, Russia, don't do this. Cut the shit out." But we're not going to do it. But when we, you say, we say involved, you mean like like boots on the ground, like troops, something, something. But we're, but but the thing is, if we do, guarantee you, we're not doing it with that agenda of being like the human humanitarians that we say we are. There's well, going to be some politics behind it for sure. Well, I mean, here, here's the other thing, and this is this is one of the the deterrents. Like Putin is not acting rational right now. Mm-hmm. Like the the kind of cost benefit, like it's not really working out. I mean, and he just keeps trying to push forward. And the second part, which makes someone acting irrationally especially worrisome, is I believe that Russia still has the second largest uh, store of nuclear weapons. Yeah. And he, he's waved that kind of nuke flag a little bit where it's like, yeah. hey, fuckers, if you interfere, we're going to start sending out nukes. I'm crazy. Who knows what I'm going to do right now? Yeah. And that was sort of the, the vibe anyway. So it's like, do, do we actually get involved? Like, who knows what he, he's going to do? I mean, you, you, you'd hope that that's just a card he would never play, but like, I don't know, who knows? He's bomb, bombing, he, they, the, the Russians shelled a maternity hospital. Yeah, they're fucking dumb. But you know what? Obama did a bunch of bombing in random places where innocents were killed too. You know what I mean? That's true. I don't think this is an equivalent. It's not because we're not. I don't. We're not going after like global domination. We're not trying to do like enforce uh, democracy. We, we kind of are, but we're not going to try to like impose the way we live or our, our customs and and say the world has to do it the way we do it. We're doing it for money. Like our guys up top are doing it for money or for power. You know, just like every other fucking political you know asshole up there. That's why I. That's why I don't like politics. Is like like benevolent people don't rule. And people that like like are really well meaning, they don't reach the top. They they never like it's not that they never will, but it's it's very hard for them to to stay pure, to stay benevolent. The, the same can be said for even like it's 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 difficult. It's difficult. It's very very rare to see like any politician and anywhere here here in the states where they actually have a good good intention. It's it, there's always something else. And this is the, also the first war that's really been covered by social media. Yeah. Like well, you, you, yeah. I no, mean, I mean to to this extent cuz that's the thing. I mean, Ukraine 
what more was was a first world country like these are these are people who you know they're like graphic designers and software engineers and and they've got you know cell phones with cameras that they could they could yeah broadcast live, to. live feed and all this shit yeah i mean so there's like these images of, of you know like like people getting shot and everything and but like one of the just weirdest parts to me is there's there's this whole i don't even know what to call it there's people that are that are just like fanboying over zelensky where they're like and that's you know the pressure because he like he has been a badass right like he's he's right in the middle of stuff he's you know broadcasting with with sandbags over the windows t- because and I, th- I think he's been they've tried to assassinate him like three times they're sending like like assassination squads in after him this dude's just like fuck you i'm not leaving that's all that's all great but there's people who are like dude he's this guy's like an action movie star yeah, he's yeah. Bob. it's like n- no like it's not a movie guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's probably there's a high chance it's not gonna end well for him yeah yeah but but anyway it, is, I, are I, we just i guess it's like are we just so desensitized from social media at this point where like we can't we can't register like what's actually going on it just, it just, does it just seem like a like a really like one of those like shaky cam like uh movies that they film well you think about think about it like in the context of like kids kids now right young kids now mm-hmm. have so much access to so much shit that it, all this stuff it doesn't shock them like people our age some of that we still get kind of like caught, caught, caught with our mouth open but like kids watching anal gangbangs and like and then, then you know what I mean? like like it's eh, it's war it doesn't you know again they're thinking it doesn't affect them and until they get drafted or their little brother little cousin or their or their kid gets drafted then it's like oh fuck <laughs> would would an anal gangbang where someone's from the back just throwing pies at all the people would that affect them just because of the pies just I, because of the right? pies <laughs> I, you know what <laughs> that's that's the last frontier there's 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 no section on pornhub for for pieing there probably is, dude. There probably God damn is. It, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can talk about all this Russia Ukraine stuff for for a long, 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 long time. But you know, we're just keep in mind we're 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 just two idiots. I mean, I, I'll I'll say it. I'm an idiot. Aaron could say he's an idiot. We're de- we're degenerates. You know what I mean? We just have our opinion, and it's not it's not good. No one wants to go to war. I don't have a strong opinion even on like what we should do exactly. It's just. The situation is crazy. This is the fir- the first time where it-, it does have those like those actual like World War Two vibes. Because th- and this is kind of how it started the first time. I mean, it was Germany who was just kind of like mm, we we would just we would just go over here and snatch yeah. up this country and you know, don't don't you know. And then all of a sudden, shit escalated. Yes, like like Iraq. I feel like was a lot easier to ignore because it never really felt like it was going to spill over here. Maybe other than like the odd terrorist attack, but that wasn't <laughs> the, even uh, the odd nine eleven ter- like the little ex- the little old you know. Except the weird thing was, as we know now, like oh, that actually had nothing to do with Iraq. And there's been way more domestic terrorist attacks than than yeah uh, than otherwise. So um, anything else you wanted to just kind of throw in there to wrap the episode up? Anything little to short? Little, no. no. I just want a quick shout out to uh, the, my other Lancer brothers, uh, James Marshall, Zach Steckline, Christian Bollocker, and myself have reacted or re reenacted our old bet we used to have when we were like much younger. We each uh, we each have a team in the AFC West. I'm a Charger fan for sure. Uh, James Marshall won part of the bet, so he took the Chiefs like 15 years ago or so. Zach's always been a Raider fan. Bollocker's always been a Bronco fan. So we used to be where the whosoever team made it furthest in the AFC West 
got a 30-pack of beer from the other three guys. So basically, party is like, like I would win. I'm the king. I get 90 beers, and you guys can drink with me, but you're paying for it. I'm just hanging out. That's kind of how it worked out. This year, we re- reenacted that bet. I don't know what the, the stakes are. We've talked about, like, you know, the losers all have to fly. Because now that we used to be together in Whittier, now we're all in different states. So we're thinking, like, the losers may have to fly in to whosoever the winner is. So if, if Zach wins, we all have to fly to Walla Walla, for example. Uh, Ballacher wins, we all got to go to Seattle. So that's the part of the bet was we're all going to fly into whoever the winner is and then party with them. And the party's like, on us, the losers. No offense to the other three guys, but likelihood is a charge to win. Sorry, guys. I'm a, you guys are going to lose. Thanks for the thanks for the beers. And, and welcome to Denver in, <laughs> at the end of the 2022 uh, football season. Because um, I'm going to win. Chargers are going to win. They're the best team in the FC West. Anyway, um, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Sorry, it went a little longer. We, you know, well, you, 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 you know what? I if if an episode's going really long, I give you guys my permission to stop listening. <laughs> it's okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed. We will talk to you guys in the week. Bye, bye. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.